Support for this podcast and the following message is brought to you by E-Trade from Morgan Stanley. Take control of your financial future with E-Trade. No matter what kind of investor you are, our tools and resources can help you be ready for what's next. Plus, you'll get access to a wide range of support to help you plan for the long term. Learn more at etrade.com slash vox. Investing involves risks. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC member SIPC. E-Trade is a business of Morgan Stanley. Swung in, lined to deep left field. It is gone! It went deep right. Batista's going to win. This is the official Covering the Corner podcast, episode 201. I am your host, Matt Lyons. And on this week's episode, we'll talk about some potential, not potential, but actual changes to the podcast coming up. Talk about the Guardians going one and two in spring training so far, what that means, which, spoiler alert, is basically nothing. Uh, Thoughts on the new baseball rules coming out. Uh, Over-under previews, we'll go over some that have happened on Covering the Corner already and see which ones we agree and disagree on. Uh, Join me for all that and more. Another Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? It's good to get some swings in before the season kicks off. Have a little spring training of our own where we all feel terrible and don't know how to speak to each other and talk about players like Bob Ruth. Bob Ruth. Listen, that happened before we recorded and you just had to bring it up that I called Baby Ruth Bob Ruth. It's fine. His sweet wife, Helen. is. (laughs) I'm sure there's a real man named Bob Ruth out there somewhere. I'm sure he just slightly misspells it when he signs checks and stuff just so people have to hesitate for a second. Bob Ruth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's trying to write baby writes bub yeah it's, it's there's there's baseball happening but before we get um to that semi-fun baseball i guess it's, it's, hey it but, exists and so it's fun and then, yeah, you know the meaninglessness of it really uh t- teaches about life itself the meaninglessness of life right it's it's a nihilistic hellscape we all live in so why not enjoy something that has no meaning or reason for being anyway go on Matt. <laughs> you know spring training has taglines that should be it just in small font under it <laughs> that should be the official tagline of spring training nothing matters anyway <laughs> eat arby's um, yeah, so I, I'm sure some people saw that SB Nation um, as, as part of, I don't know, I, I, I'm good business. cutting back, <laughs> totally good, <laughs> normal business practices. Um, they just sort of lopped off all the uh, NHL coverage, which, which stinks for all those guys. It's, it's the whole sites are just not going to be covered anymore. But they also did, essentially, as far as I know, every single podcast, which for us, it's not really, I mean, a huge deal as far as what we made from it it was essentially nothing split between four people was nothing divided by four but um I, it stinks for a lot of the bigger places where they relied on it and this was like i think some of the bigger ones this was an actual like full-time job for them but so i'm i, I wish them the best and then what they're doing next but for us it's not going to really change a whole lot because the what they're essentially doing is just giving us the feed and uh just transferring over so we can still take it. So what you'll see is eventually it was supposed to happen recently, but we don't have permissions yet to like rebrand everything, which they're trying to get. So in a few weeks, maybe hopefully the, you'll get the same podcast. It'll be downloaded. It'll just be a different name. We just can't use frankly. I, I worked weeks to come up with the cover in the corner podcast name. So I'm I mean, it's hard sad. You slaved over that one, man. <laughs> I can't no, use I... it. But now we have to change it uh, after all the hard work of coming up with, the covering the corner podcast we got to change it now so we think we have one that we're going to use um which i think is a fun one and we'll we'll have that coming up so you'll see just a new podcast it'll, it'll just be us it'll just be you won't have to change anything or click anything to download is literally just changing the feed over and letting us rebrand it 
because they're not it's it's our podcast now it's it sort of was before but now it completely it is really is we can do whatever we podcast. want we can talk about anything we can talk about <laughs> brian lavastita for three episodes in a row it's gonna be Don't fantastic spoil the first three episodes of our new podcast oh, i can't That's wait to talk doing. about every every single part of him his hair his eyes his left <laughs> hand episode four is you chang for three more episodes we're gonna talk we're about all the best it. players that have ever played yeah but yeah i just wanted to let everybody know that's we were going to wait until we rebranded it to restart, but since it's taking a while anyway, we might as well do a couple more while we're still this podcast to kind of have a runway into the new one. So you sort of knows what's going on. I think I'm just going to keep the numbering too. I, I'm not going to change and go back to episode one. Then it looks that. like we've been doing the other one for a long time. Too, <laughs> no, 200 so episodes, perfect, man. Right? We can't erase yeah. that. No. 200 episodes of pure quality. Mm-hmm. No, it's nice. It's fun. Plus, you know what else is great is we love talking about baseball to each other. It's fantastic. So, mm-hmm. you know, if nothing else, we have, we have that going for us. <laughs> talking to each other? With each other? Talking at each other. <laughs> talking in the general auditory vicinity of each other about yeah. baseball. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. I have, I've missed doing this podcast. Um, we, for various I mean, reasons, we just kept, mo- I think 99% of them were me not able to do it, but now we can do it again. I, there was something going on, too. I'm sad we didn't, we didn't get to cover anything over the winter, right? Like when... Um, Anyway, uh, <laughs> Josh yeah, Bell, and, and, Josh and, uh, Bell happened, and <gasps> Roman uh, Quinn. arbitration. Um, I guess arbitration could have been one because I mean, good lord, sure. Corbin Burns. We learned why the Guardians like to avoid arbitration so much because that it seems like a nightmare. Sad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I wrote about that. That I'm, I'm glad that they do that because that guy could be Shane Bieber. It's like the exact same situation that Corbin Burns was in. Like they could have taken him into court and pointed to like. His injuries, his decline velocity, his all this stuff. They could have said he didn't, he wasn't ready to pitch on short rest in the playoffs. That's why they lost. They could have like really done some things to try to drive down his value that would have sounded awful and would have seemed felt like, awful. And seems a great way to treat people, honestly. Just point yeah. out the reason oh, yeah. they're that's bad. That's how you treat your employees and your your people that you want to pay millions of dollars to, to to stick around your your city when they can go anywhere else. That's what you want to do. Yeah. Well, and the Burns thing was funny too because like it was like a difference of. Like, Several thousand dollars. Yeah, which it was for, like seven hundred thousand. Which for yeah, this, is anyone a listening market. to this podcast would be life changing. But for that, like the numbers within that deal, was it was very small as it was. So it's just like, why are you doing this for this much money? Like he's <laughs> the best pitcher in base in the National League right now, if, or one of you know. It's like, do you not want to be good, or I don't know, whatever. And I guess what we don't really know, like if it's if the Guardians pay the higher end of what the difference is or if they've just built this place that's like quality enough that players like Shane Bieber will take a little bit lower to stay. I think either, either way they're they're coming out on top there compared to doing whatever the hell the Brewers are doing, which is it's not good. It's just fun to be on this end of the rebuilding part now. Like yes. the Guardians super short rebuild was as much as we don't we say they didn't tear it down and tank or whatever, but they did kind of like Took slowly a step strip back, away for a few perhaps. years. Yeah. And that was not a fun couple of off seasons. But like this one was just fun. It seems like this was the most enjoyable off season since like 2016, 2017, really. Like when they got Edwin and they were coming off the World Series, like this has the same vibe of that one of just, you're on like the upswing of whatever happens this year is just fun. And then hopefully it lasts for more than a season this time, which would. Yeah, it would be nice if, if, if for the second time in the last, what, 20 years, I guess, that the, the quote unquote window is 190 games, basically. What are the Brewers doing, by the way, man? I don't understand I that team at all. Like, I can't it get feels a- like they're doing a really bad version of what the Guardians did. It kind of does, right? Like they're just like I know. That, I'm pretty sure they're good, but I'm just I can't figure out <laughs> what the hell they're. Are they any good? So anyway, it's, yeah, they're, they're trying to do that balancing act of like not tearing it all down, but also doing it the worst way possible. Which is, I mean, not that the Guardians haven't been cheap on the way to here, but they've also made <laughs> a bunch of really smart moves and yeah. extended Jose Ramirez and signed Josh Bell. So they're on the upswing now. It's fun. 
I, maybe they have the, the the half of what it takes to be a, like an organization like the Guardians, which is you have to have the excellent you know infrastructure to develop players, but also the savvy to trade them at the right time for what ends up being half the core of your future. <laughs> yeah, which oh boy, that uh, that Mike Clevenger trade is looking mighty good right now for Man, multiple just... <laughs> so many reasons. Yeah. That's one of the best trades of the last 15 years. I've I been think, <laughs> I mean, easily, right? At least for the limiting to what I know about the Guardians, like the Guardians for sure, right? Like narrowing the scope down to just that. I can't think of another trade. That's been I mean, that, yeah, outside right? of maybe like the Bartolo Cologne trade. But that was more than 15? Yeah, that was 20 some odd years ago almost. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Yeah, so if you, if you limit it before that, I'd say it's the best trade since that at least. Because, I mean, if Naylor continues his, his pathway, who else did they get on that one? They got, well, what's his name's gone? They got Arias, Cal Quantrill, and Naylor, and Joey Cantillo. And Cantillo is another one who's going to look really good. Who, like, if they, they imagine trading one player for four player and all four players hit, that's yeah, even kind of on the like, path. That's what it looks like it might happen. And, like, you know, just if we want to just get into it, I mean, Arias hasn't looked bad so early on in spring yeah. training. I mean, it's that's the thing about spring training, too, is it's just I can look at the numbers all I want, but really, it's you have to focus just on what the players look like at the plate or whatever the hell, however you want to look at it. And I think a lot of guys on, on the Guardians have just look, looks like they like, got someone like Quan looks like he's picking up where he left off. Someone like Naylor looks much more confident and vigorous. Maybe his leg feels good. I watched a little bit of the uh, uh, Jimenez hit the ball hard a few times. Um, I, and again, at the end of the day, that's really all we can hope for. Like you never know what they're working on. You know, it's like to draw a parallel to another sport I enjoy, Formula One. They just did their preseason testing. You don't know what the hell is going on. None of the times matter or anything like that. But like, because they're all trying to do something different every every single day. But what I've seen at least with the guards is that they all look fine. Um, pitching wise, we can kind of like, we want to talk about. Please, Zach. I mean, uh, they haven't exactly looked fine. I mean, Bieber <laughs> looks like he's already in the postseason already. He the, the clock is not going to affect him whatsoever, and it clearly did in his start. But Zach, please, Zach. I don't think that's the clock. I don't know if that's. Uh, it's hard to you can't be too bad because they're too down on him because it's the first one of spring training but yeah also that's just kind of how it looks all the time so it's <laughs> that's differentiate true. it too much i just i i'd forgotten about the throwover thing too until they started talking about it during his uh yeah that's one of his strengths and he can't okay that's the thing he's, he's good at picking people off and he's good at like controlling the running game and like now that, that is no longer now that there's so much more litigated against what what is he gonna do because like at this point like he throws over twice and then basically they're just gonna steal on him like they're gonna do that every single time. Like I, I admit I don't know a ton about Mike Zanino's arm. I'm, I'm assuming he's a good defensive catcher, but but he was also injured on. It. I mean, it was a non-throwing arm, but that's kind of kind of affect how you're throwing there. So right, exactly. So yeah, I, I don't know big question mark. what what would that look like. That, that's gonna be a bit of a breaking in period because this is the first time we really had a catcher that I'm not used to. You know, well, I guess they had what's his name last year too, um, uh, Hedges. I think we knew what Hedges. It was really good defensively. Like when he came, that was another. No, that's true. He, he, he's a known. Like I actually knew about. It. Yeah, I just I, I don't really know a lot about Mike Zeno, unfortunately. So I mean, I know he had that one really good offensive. Season. I know he's not as good as like Hedges, Hedges, or the other defensive catches they usually get. It's kind of a different flavor than what they're used to, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting. Just kind of hoping that he'll hit thirty-one home runs again. Yeah, yeah, or hit anything. <laughs> at all. Yeah, that would be nice. Hit literally one home run and he'll he'll be a success. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Although it has been fun, I like watching Bo Naylor. I'm so excited. Did you notice that him and Josh have kind of similar batting stances? I mean, Josh right. is obviously built different than Bo Naylor, mm-hmm. but they hope they both stand like really open and. It's funny looking at. It. You can tell they're related. I know it's stupid to say because they're obviously related, but you can tell when they're at bat, like they've come up and 
Those guys, played they're brothers. Other, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See those guys the, <laughs> sit in the stands. Those guys have the same last name. Did you know? They're related. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been... That? Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, that's the, the fun thing about spring training is seeing all those guys you're not going to see. I mean, like Roman Quinn, we're probably not going to see him after the regular season starts, but he has three home runs already, and that's kind of fun. Yeah, like, what, I wonder what that does to a guy, right? Like, because, like, some, Roman Quinn is co- someone who's completely not on anybody's radar for the most part, right? Like, I don't even know if he's on the 40-man or not or whatever, but he had two home runs, and he's been, he's got three now in the, in the you know, in spring training. Like, there's always a way to hit your way onto a team, like, Quan did it last year. He forced their hand by by saying, "You have to play me this year," and it worked out. Who will that be? Will they get one of those this year? Right? Will will because Arias has been getting a little bit of run now. I wonder if they're hoping he'll be more of a, a regular player or some sort of bench guy. Like, oh, I'm for sure. I think either him and Fre- him or Freeman is like they're they're essentially the same. I think. I think in the eyes of the front office, maybe Gabriel Arias is a little bit better because of his power and he's proven a little bit more on defense, but one of those two is going to be like a super utility guy somewhere, like playing first, yeah. second, all over in the infield. But like Roman Quinn, I think he's closest to Yu Chang, who was really good for a couple of years in the um, spring training and worked his way in. I just don't know if Roman Quinn, if there's room for him to squeeze his way in like Chang did because Chang was a prospect coming up and he was mm-hmm. on the 40 man. And, but Roman Quinn's like 29 years old and he just had, has a long track record of not being very good in the major. So, I think he just ends up as AAA depth at center field, which is kind of what he always was. But I mean, I'm happy for him as a person that he gets to show off somewhere like this. Um, it's maybe funny if, to hit home runs, I bet. So, you know, yeah. I, I oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I, I'm sure he's doing anything to show that the, the half season in Tampa Bay wasn't a fluke. So, I mean, this is this is good for him. I just don't think this is going to stick around on the Guardians. As, as fun as it is to watch and think like, a guy is just going to win out because of a really good spring training. I, you're absolutely right about Quan last year, but I don't know if that happens very often or if Roman Quinn can do it. But I'm, I'm worried that we're, we're circling back around to that conversation we had a bunch last year, the logjam of somewhat of mediocrity, where they had like all these guys who are pretty good, and you're like, I don't know, but who's the good one? Like, I don't know. Like, they, they have a top prospect, but like they don't have enough top. They don't have any like blow, you know, blow it out the water top prospects. And so where do we go from here? And I'm not to say that this is circling around Quinn, but someone like Arias, like what if he ends up being good enough? Like where do they go from there? Or any of these guys, Will Brennan, right? Like, yeah, I feel like the floor of this conversation is a lot higher than it was in previous years. Oh, heavens. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> gracious. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Nolan Jones was, like, the ceiling seemed high, but the floor was underground and, remember being excited about Daniel Johnson and Greg Allen and, and all these outfielders who it, it didn't seem like the front office was very jazzed about them, but we all were, but this time it feels like it's both ways. Like everybody's mm-hmm. excited about Gabriel Arias and, and potentially Tyler Freeman and all these guys coming up. I, I think it's the floor is higher. It's the same exact conversation. You're right. <laughs> it's just, I think exactly. the floor is but, it's, but now, but, but now we get to look at whether it's a baseball, that uh, baseball perspectives annual and they have the second highest, uh, you know, farm system ranking or, you know, fan, the, uh, Zips did their projections of of uh of the top 100 prospects, and the Guardians have the same number as the Dodgers, like it's or more than the Dodgers or something like that. Like they had more they had top 100, more... but not more top 200. Was that what it was? Yeah, because it's Zip, so he just does like as many All as he them. can do. <laughs> yeah, That's but, true. Yeah, yeah. So the Guardians had more in the top 100, but the Dodgers, like their depth is. Unbelievable. Well, they they like shit. 16 in the top 200. <laughs> exactly. We're all good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. We need another three win player. There he is. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Just grab him. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's weird, too, that like pitching isn't the the place that's the interesting place to talk about the Guardians anymore because they brought back everybody. It's the same exact five as last year. Mm-hmm. And like the layer right under them isn't that 
exciting. I mean, like you got Pilkington and Hunter Gaddis looked really good in his brief start, but then there's a little bit of a time gap, I think. I mean, Xavier and Curry is another one who could be pitching right away. Um, but Cody Morris is hurt. I think he'd be the most exciting one if he was actually there. Mm-hmm. Um, but since he's not, I mean, like, there's this gap before you get to Gavin Williams, Joey Cantillo, um, Tanner Vibe, and then, of course, Daniel Espino is now injured again, but he could potentially be back in like a month or two. So he's not, the season isn't over for him or anything, but yeah. he's still a little ways away when he comes back. So who do you think is going to show up first and whose job do you think they'll take? I mean, depending on how long Cody Morris is injured, I think he's the front one to, to get more innings if they think he can handle it. But otherwise just like they're going to just throw Connor Pilkington or Hunter Gaddis in there. Hell yeah. Pilkington. <laughs> Gaddis. Yeah. Gotta love Hunter Gaddis. <laughs> he's just a big hairy man. I mean, he's unless you're talking man. about like taking over a spot and, and keeping it kind of thing. Is that what you mean? Yeah. I wonder who that, who that would be. I wonder, if, I wonder if it would be. I still think it's going to be Kevin Williams. Like, I remember my, my bold take early last year was that he was going to pitch last year. And that I do remember that. But I think it, it, I'm going to do it again this year. I think it's slightly less bold now, but I think he pitches this year and like towards the end. Mm-hmm. I, I would have to imagine Zach Plezak, right, is the lowest who's going to be. Because there was even talks they were trying to trade him at the trade deadline last season. They just couldn't find anything for him. I'm, I don't know if they would this year, but at, at some point, if Kevin Williams is ready, you've got to just kind of push him off to the side somewhere. I mean, like you said, the window is kind of open now, like full on. Like you win a division and it's like, and also the, you know, the rest of the division did not get good. They like, sure did not. <laughs> I mean, the the Twins brought back players that they had before, but also still have gaps, and some of their prospects are not looking like they panned out. But and the Tigers and Royals, man, like they are just spinning in the dirt as the Tigers. Jesus Royals. Christ, dude! I, so <laughs> not to not to a beat de- a dead horse, but good <laughs> God, they're bad. But let's beat this dead horse because. <laughs> A decade of tanking and you have nothing if you're the Tigers. It's ridiculous. Like, the Tigers are stink so much. Like, I remember when they signed uh, Baez, I was like, good. Like, he, he's not good anymore. Like, he was good three years ago. What? What is this? Good for him getting paid, but Jesus. And then Fran Morais is on the Royals now. Old friend alert. Is that where he ended up? Yeah. I was just looking at his stats because I was writing the over-under for Josh Bell, and um, there's a reference that I had to make in there. Yeah. I didn't uh, notice until Royals Review tweeted that Fran Morais is a very large man. I was like, yes, I remember tweeting that. He's a very fun large man, but now he's very gone. <laughs> so it's ball hard. He just doesn't hit it very much. That's the key to it all. Yeah. Which I mean, speaking of, they've got like John Kenzie Noel, who, who's just a man who looks like he was made to hit baseballs extremely hard. So I'm, I'm excited for him. Support for this podcast and the following message is brought to you by E-Trade from Morgan Stanley. Take control of your financial future with E-Trade. No matter what kind of investor you are, our tools and resources can help you be ready for what's next. Plus, you'll get access to a wide range of support to help you plan for the long term. Learn more at etrade.com slash vox. Investing involves risks. Morgan Stanley Smith, Barney LLC, member SIPC. E-Trade is a business of Morgan Stanley. But the fact that he's my height, but like 35 pounds of heavy, we're good. <laughs> and it's all muscle. And, it's just and all- he's 15 years younger than I am. What a beast. What a monster. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. And not to obviously make the comparison to Jordan Alvarez. I think that's... That's a little bit far ahead, but they both have this thing like when they hold the bat, I don't know any way to describe it other than it looks like all the energy of their movement goes into the bat. Like, especially Jordan Alvarez, like watching him in the playoffs, every mm-hmm. tiny little move he does, it's all going straight into the bat. Like, he, he's just stable as a rock. Yeah. I feel like John Kenzie Noel has that a little bit too. Which well, is- John Kenzie Noel hit 340 in 2021, which is something that, what's his name also was that grand that was in Indian independent or that was in the rookie ball, low A and high A, but we'll just ignore all that. 
<laughs> and just decide and it'll be good. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be fun. I'm, he's one of the ones that like we know we're not going to watch him soon, but I want to see him in spring training. We've gotten to see mm-hmm. um, a couple of times. I think he played in the outfield, but I didn't see that part of the game where he was playing. Well, that, that, that's one of the fun reasons. Fun reasons to watch more spring training is you get to see those guys because I'm never going to see them in person. You know, the closest they play would be Lynchburg. Are they still even there? Yeah, yeah but, down near DC. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's three hours away. So you know, I'm, I'm never going to see any of these players. So we see them in spring training. Like, oh, is he good? I don't know. My my, you know, my my wicked scout eye can tell me that yes, he has the look. <laughs> this gigantic, muscly man is actually pretty good at baseball. Yeah, as it turns out. Um, uh, do you have any thoughts on just the new? I mean, we're seeing a lot of the rules, like the pitch clock and the shift adjustment. It's all any broadcast talks about. The entire game right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, and you understand why, you know. I, I will say I was, of all people, a football writer posted just a clip of that first game, um, not Cardinals game, but the first game of spring training with the pitch clock, and I'm watching like the 10-second clip. I got very anxious, but that's because they had this massive clock right behind the home plate. I was like, I'm going crazy. I don't mind, though. I mean, again, the pace is nice. I, I, I'm The thing I, you know, I can watch in the game today, I was wondering, like, who is this going to benefit? You know what I mean? Like, what type of not even so much pitcher as hitter will this benefit? Like there are obviously some hitters who like to take their time, and this is hyper small sample. But like Josh uh, Naylor looked a little rushed at the plate, whereas like uh, Stephen Kwan looked incredibly comfortable uh, with the pace of pitch uh, with the pace of play. Will it help? Uh, I don't know. Pitchers like Eli Morgan, who uh, I'm mentioning him because he's, I'm currently rewatching the game and he's pitching. Uh, who you know has to rely on certain aspects of his game, uh, like deception and things, like being able to keep that pace higher. Will that help him to get back into hitters' heads, or when will it go sideways for pitchers? Like it's more. I, I'm 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 curious more than excited or anything about. It. I'm, I am hoping the bigger basis thing does actually make for more running, but we'll see how, how that plays out. Because like you know, it's like well, how many bang bang plays has, has used to go in the in you know the the defense's favorite now to be a stolen base. It's like less than you think. Less than yeah, you think. It's, it's like a, I think they they found out it's been like a percentage point more steals might happen with the, the smaller bases, but I think it's all little things that can add up to to a better game. I, I mentioned not, right. Oh, go ahead. Like you said, it's all the little things. It's all the little things. It's um, someone on, on, on Reddit posted that you know the in the early goings games are on average twenty three minutes shorter, uh, which means there's actually things happening. Right, it's twenty three minutes of of dead time effectively. Of yeah. cutting to whatever the hell is going on in the stands, or close-ups of a manager's face, or <laughs> whatever you know, or just a guy staring off into space, contemplating you know his own existence, um, which is great. Uh, you know, the big I th- honestly, I think the bigger base things, like you said, might was just completely negligible. I think the shift thing will be predominantly negligible. I was trying to figure out if, like, I don't know. I, I know they were talking about like who, who will see more hits and stuff. I, I, th- I think more so than the, the fact that guys will be shifted one way or the other. It's, it's those little bloopers that might drop in a little bit more often than they used to. To what end? You know what I mean? So I, I, I do think the pitch clock is a good thing. I, I know I've read things in the past where it's the worry is that forcing pitchers to work this quickly might lead to more injuries because of like micro recovery or whatever. Um, so we'll see how that plays out, but I don't well, know. They might just we... not have to throw a thousand miles an hour because <laughs> this isn't a new thing working this fast. I don't. So far, it hasn't been the pitchers who have struggled, right? Has there been a single actual pitcher violation? It's all been the yeah. batters haven't looked at the pitcher in time. 
Um, I mean, I guess there was one today because the count started one one. Oh, Kane Sh- Well, he he asked for a ball. I, yeah, no. I don't know if they ever said if it's supposed to stop when they do that, but he asked for a ball and then it didn't stop and then he got the violation. But it's it's guys like that who just have that that, that long process. You know what I mean? Like yeah. But hey, you, I mean, just to to draw a comparison to a different sport again, you know, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo had the took forever at the at the foul line and they and they made him speed up and if anything, it made him better <laughs> at the foul line. Like I think he's yeah. having one of his best years shooting foul shots. So. It'll be an adjustment period, right? They, they, they were talking about when they first introduced it in the lower le- levels. It was like you'd see like two a game for the first week and a half, and then like within like three weeks, it was like one every two games, maybe. And obviously, there was the hilarious Braves Red Sox game the other day where that like ended on <laughs> on, ended, yeah. on a violation, oh, which again, be a playoff game that does that, and it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> but I don't know. I, again, I, I think it's all good stuff because I love baseball, but I I don't like. One complaint I saw somewhere, I don't know if it was on Twitter or something, but it screws up uh, radio listening. Like, it's just the pace is no longer there. And maybe that's just, if anything, the radio guys who have been so used to being able to breathe a little more or finding those, honestly, finding those places to do those little, like, live reads of ads. Uh, is that going to be a bit of a problem? Again, just a period for them. But Yeah. Well, and that's um, another thing, like, too. That's just... Like people are complaining that it speeds up the game and changes it too much, but it's it's going back to what the game was. Like they, they've just been getting longer and longer with these guys doing it. So like the radio broadcasters, they they used to have this speed. It's just naturally players went this fast because they weren't adjusting everything. It didn't have quite so long of of rituals. Yeah. I mean, there was like some once in a while, like Mike Hargrove, but it wasn't everybody did it all the time, and that's what they're well, trying he, to trim like, down. He on. was like the fact that like there were men like Hargrove, known as a human rain delay, yeah, because he got they his took a nickname. little bit too long, yeah. and now it's like everyone kind of does this constantly all the time. Yeah, I don't know if, and you know, I I know someone posted on on Twitter a little uh, the other day. It's like, oh, this crazy new rule. Oh wait, this rule has always been on the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that was the um. That's the batter one that you've always had to be ready in a certain amount of time. Yeah, but exactly. It's always been I mean, an umpire and like judgment. it's a listed number of seconds. Like it was yeah. like eighteen seconds or something like that. So I don't know. It's actually mean, enforcing the rules now, which I think is yeah. a benefit. And I think once it, I mean we're not helping talking about it now, but once people stop talking about it, it'll just fade in the background, and games will be a little snappier, and it'll be good. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like with any any rule change we've ever seen in any sport, right? They yeah. talk about it for a few weeks. The NFL, I think, is is paramount to this, right? They change rules all the time that like completely change the shape of the of the game and then whatever. Or like in the NBA, like like you can you know there's no no longer an, an illegal defense call or I wasn't alive for it. But the three pointer, I'm sure for, for a little while that was a crazy deal and then just people just stopped talking about it. But yeah, so so like you said, I, I think like everyone's going to talk about it for the next two weeks and then we're going to get to spring training or into the regular season rather than we're going to talk about it for another week or so um every time there is a violation if we were to chart the talking about it it'll probably tick up a little bit especially if it's a violation by an Aaron judge or a who are other good players yeah because so far it's been spring training so when it happens they're just like oh whatever that's fine silly fellas but as soon as it's in the middle of a game or decides a game and a player freaks out about it and yeah talks about it after the game is when it's going to be a thing again but because, like, honestly, what what it is is it is the league itself being forced to litigate something that umpires just stopped enforcing decades ago. And like, if the umpires want to complain about it, so be it. They can complain all they fucking want. They they're the ones who screwed up 
and I'm, I'm, I felt like a shill because every single rule the MLB has done recently, I'm a fan. I even like the Ghost Runner. I've it's grown on me. I like that they don't do it in the postseason and they keep it in the regular season. I think that's yeah. the perfect way to deal with that. Because um, I don't want to see a 17 inning game in July, but <laughs> like the the Rays and Guardians last postseason, give me that all day long in, in the playoffs. So I mean, I guess it depends on the situation I'm in. If I have a day off and I'm just hanging out, and like, but see, you'll never know. It, it could come on a, a West Coast game. There lies the issue. Yeah, it, or am I staying up until 3 a.m. going? <laughs> what the hell? Again, if it's one of those, some, sometimes it'll just take several days off in the summertime. I, I'll just watch. You know. I, um, <laughs> Just watch baseball till three in the morning, like a fucking degenerate, you know? <laughs> Sometimes you want to have some degeneracy in your life. and Just a little bit of degeneracy. Yeah. There's so, the show title. Ooh, write that down. Uh, and, and even what, like what is this the, about? Oh, we baseball. <laughs> <laughs> even the three batter minimum, which I, I liked at the beginning anyway, but I think that one got more pushback. That I, I watched college baseball where they, they don't have that, and it is miserable. I forgot how much I hated that. <laughs> it was the same as like the, the quote-unquote strategy of a double switch with the the pitching like that's not fun strategy like there's no fun watching a guy come out and pull somebody out the strategy is like within and at bat so it's more fun having three batters than get this matchup go to commercial switch them out get this matchup like the strategy of baseball to fun for me is player versus player more than that kind of stuff so like the three batter one i've i've been a fan of since the beginning and i've loved it now so like i've liked every rule change they've done so far i like no. all these ones this year so far and oh the three batter one i thought from the get-go was good because like Obviously, as a left-handed man, I've always I've always loved a, a good loogie, a man whose job is to throw two pitches every other game. Like, <laughs> that guy rules. <laughs> the dream is still alive for old Merritt. Uh, but obviously, you know, that fades away a little bit because you have to be able to... Sam Henches, I think, is a great example of that, where he was in some way forced to shape himself into a pitcher that could get people on both sides of the plate out. I mean, granted, he couldn't get lefties out either uh, his first year, but that's, you know, that's uh, it's here there. a beast over there. And now he's now he is excellent in every single possible way. <laughs> Just wait, um, I'm telling you, Connor Pilkington, he's next. The he's Pilk. the next tall guy to go in there and be amazing. Um, but I, I, like you said, I, I like all these rules. Like, I don't like the the, the weird cynicism or whatever the, where it's coming from. That's that's not a right word here, but I think what I mean is that Rob Manfred can eat shit in general. Uh, that's I guess that's a stance I'm taking in general here. Every, so, every stance I've ever had, just assume that's like a comma. Yeah, that, that's that, that's there. Like that's yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's in subtitles or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, this is what I really mean. But listen, I like going to baseball games watching the next person. But like, I don't like you said. I don't want to be there for three and a half hours. I have other things I'd like to do. I even if a big fan as I am, I I have left games before because I was like, this it's hot. <laughs> the game was 107 degrees. I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. It's, I'm going home. Was well, so, Quincy Wheeler put it like you're not missing any. Of actual baseball, you're just missing guys standing around and just yeah, exactly. Like, like you're not missing baseball, so I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so on the website on coveringthecorner.com, that's a website, right? We've been doing over and unders as kind of like a, a a way to preview the season because we could just do a preview, but we've also it would just be repeating the uh, the season reviews. So I figured we'll do over unders for um, zips projections, and then for us here on this very podcast, we'll just kind of rapid fire go through them real quick if there's ones we agree on because I don't think there's no sense in just both of us repeating the same over predictions but if we disagree we'll stop and argue about it um so the first one josh naylor zips has him at um, 134 games 19 home runs 1.7 war do you have over or under on mr josh naylor coming back from i mean this will be his first full season so right well so i was doing a little research um because i'm currently writing the josh bell one only 
14 guys who played predominantly first base crossed the two-win mark last year, which I thought was interesting. Now, obviously, he's going to be playing a little bit of right field probably and DHing, which doesn't do any benefit to his uh, playing, obviously. But I think he'll play more than 134 games, first of all. I, I think that's obviously a projection based on the fact that he missed a lot of time, right? And he was recovering from stuff. And at least in the early going, he looks healthy. That being said, being a first base slash DH and getting more than about two wins isn't easy. Like, you have to be really, really good. And I don't, I don't know how good he is yet, whether he's going to be a platoon guy or what. I mean, the thing is, though, still 1.8 wins above replacement. It's just, it's so low where I'm just like, yeah, he'll probably cross that because I, I do expect him to hit like 25 home runs this year, if not more. And uh, just looking at all those other numbers and the fact that he'll probably play 150 games and more, more accurately, probably have. 500 and some odd at bats you know um yeah I, I can go with an over on that one yeah that's where i was too i mean basically the same thing i think it's a lot of these are i think over but just barely like <laughs> just because i right. pick over under i pick over because i think he's gonna get like you i think he's gonna have over more than 130 games but um every projection system just has him god awful at first base on defense which is fair he hasn't been good yeah um, but it's like double as bad as he was previously it's pretty bad um i, I think it can be better than 117 wrc plus i think he can get over yes, 19 home runs. I think that's a big one too. I, th- I think my my expectation, I guess, is him to be more in the in the 125 range. Because what was he la- last year? He was, I think, just somewhere around whatever. Um, where are you? 331 weighted on base average. 117. So, yeah, I think he'll be better than that. I think he'll be like, more like a because he's really tailed off at the end of the, of the year there. Which that's that's understandable considering he his leg was annihilated and he came back exactly yeah but like i mean obviously to say uh, this man is going to double his wins above replacement career output sounds crazy except he's only played 325 total games right like last year was the only positive one (laughs) the only positive war he's ever had so right exactly so i i I think he'll be more of like a especially if they're platooning him those numbers will probably go up a little bit but then of course the at bat number might suffer the plate appearance number might suffer a little bit but i fully expect like a 275, 340, 480 kind of a line from him. So that's something that I, I don't know how that will compare with WRC Plus this year with how offense will shake out, but yeah. I think he'll have more like a 340 weighted on base average, something like that. And Sounds fair. I mean, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think that's what, we, what we'll be seeing this year. Shane Bieber. They have 28 starts, 176 innings, 3.22 ERA, uh, 3.7 war, under 10 strikeouts per nine, which I think is fair. Over under on this one for Bieber three point seven. Considering three last year, point seven. Four point nine war, which is pretty good. Yeah, I think he's gonna throw two hundred innings this year. I mean yeah, they have I, he, did, he did they last have missing year. four games inexplicably. I guess I don't know. It's just looking at the fact that he hasn't pitched I mean he's pitched at least thirty games in two out of the last three full seasons, so I don't really know yeah. why it's pulling there, but I, I honestly I think that Kobe has to be throwing things off too, you know, because like I I, I, I don't know for that. Right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I, know. One, one would have to assume. Like he got better last year, right? His fielding independent pitching was excellent. His uh, matchup was good. ERA was strong. Uh, the velocity thing is still obviously a problem. But he's also kind of reinvented himself as a guy who can pitch like that. Right, which, exactly. Which I don't and, think Zips necessarily is picturing here. Because it has his strikeout rates going up, which I don't think necessarily happened. But I think he'll walk closer to the 1.62 of last year, too. Well, and, and maybe I misremember that, but I feel like he was thrown harder towards the end of the year. Like, I think he was finally rounding back into shape of all things last year. He was getting closer. He still wasn't quite, like, mid-90s Bieber. But. Oh, no, yeah. But I, I, but I don't think he'll be a 91 guy this year. I, I think he'll be more more akin to what we saw in limited time in 2021 when he was more of, like, the 92. And just, yeah, sit, sitting around 93. Because if he can be there, he's... 
he's going to be tough. Um, I think he might get more strikeouts. Uh, the, 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 he's kind of the, he's another kind of guy who I, I wonder if pace of play might help with him because he'll be able to just work guys more quickly and, and maybe he'll he'll lean on that more heavily. But I, th- I think he'll be I think he'll be, he'll be more like a four and a half to five win player. I, th- I think he will comfortably surpass that number. Uh, next one, Stephen Kwan. Zips has him at seven home runs, 274, 350, 377, uh, 110 WRC plus, 3.5 war. This one he's I think he's going to hit 20 home runs. I think he's going to hit 15 home runs this year, though. I, Fifth, what? I think he's going to hit 15 home runs. I, he was starting to flash a little bit of power last year. Like, like, like His ability to get himself into the situations where he can turn and burn, I, I think last year was a feeling out, and I think he's going to be doing more of that. Yeah, I think he's going to be. So I'm going to presume uh, you say over. Presume you say yes, over I think he's going to be an all-star. Oh yeah, that's uh, that would work. I'm excited for Stephen Kwan year two. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> I think it's up. also extremely cool that Zips has him equal strikeouts and walks. I think usually projection systems don't believe they're gonna strike out as little as they do, but every single mm-hmm. one of them believes in Kwan doing this, which I think is really cool. They keep on reminding you he didn't swing and miss for 116 <laughs> pitches last year. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> What's so happening? Yeah, uh, I, I, I will say very early going. It's six at bats, obviously, but he's been more aggressive. It seems like this year uh, in the spring training, at least. Maybe just seeing what that's like, like swing, swinging earlier in the. You're gonna try it. Might as well do it now. Yeah, exactly. Just, just tr- try a new thing. Like you already, he's been the same hitter for forever, right? Like he's always done this. Why not try new things now? I'm just gonna see where it goes. That's why spring training is so hard to like do analysis on or whatever. Yeah, uh, my mind's over on Stephen Kwandu. Over, but maybe not. Quite as what was he last year? He was, he was like five last year, wasn't he? He was pretty close, yeah. He was, he was really good. Yeah, I think he's I think he'd be like a five and a half win player. The only thing that's been holding back is, is he plays left field defense, but he does it so well. So, <laughs> and maybe he'll play center field if uh, cannot hit the ball. Uh, next one, Andres Jimenez Zips has him for which would be a career high 151 games, um, 266, 336, 416, 115 WRC plus four. I wrote this win. one. You did write this one, and you. Said <laughs> I was I was very conservative in mind, saying, "Yeah, I think it'll be a little bit over." I think in podcast version, merits he will be considerably over. Because <laughs> we have like, like three and a half, something like that. Last year, or the projection? No, no, uh, the projections what? Four point seven. Yeah, three point seven. That's pretty high. Oh, four point seven. Yeah, that is yeah. high. Shit. <laughs> and um, it's almost all from his defense. Like last year, he, he was a 6.1 win player, which was insane. It was a 140 yeah. WRC plus. Um, so it obviously sees him still playing really good defense. Defense plays. The with, thing with the I've been thinking about, and I mentioned this a little bit in the in the over under piece I wrote, because like the way Fangraphs does defense is predicated on where you make plays a little bit, and will the being not shifting. How will the not shifting as much change that? Does that make sense? Like now that he's not making these, having he's not having this crazy like impact across in a larger space of the field because he's just not allowed to play there anymore. Or will that kind of normalize back? I don't know. I'm, It'll I'm, be interesting, I'm struggling. especially players like Jimenez who are going to their defensive eye is going to shift so much on that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I ha- I had him maybe under, like just barely under because I, I think just, he's going yeah, he might seven. hit better, but. The defense they have him rated for, like fourteen point eight, their defensive. I mean, I understand the idea behind his his, his offense slipping because yeah, he got hit a lot. He didn't walk very much, and he had a lot of really soft hits. I think I, as I read about, there's like there were like fifty eight times on base between it was thirty eight hits with an expected batting average under two hundred or two fifty or something like that, and then another twenty five times hit by a pitcher or hit by a pitch rather. Which is a lot of times on base, and like if you remove some of those, 
I don't know why you would, but a lot of that stuff is luck based. It seems like just, I did a little digging on past projections and stuff, and it seems like that Zips thinks um, getting hit by a pitch is—it's not like a skill, but it's something that's consistent because because of where he stands. I do—I think he'll still get the over, um, but that, the offense for him, honestly, is of, of any player I think on the Guardians this year. His offense is my biggest question mark of can he repeat that? Because if he can, that's insane. Yeah, and, they and two... be more comfortable on defense. And yeah, it'd be insane. All the projection systems, like for all the Guardians players, because they were so aggressive, and part of that helped their bat up. It's more than just the ball fell in the right place every single time. But like when Zips and Steamer and everything sees a 353 bat up, they instantly just like drop that to the basement. Like that's that's obviously why he hit so much. But I, I don't think it is completely just luck. I think it's well, he's every fast. Guardians player. Yeah, Bro, like, his sprint level. speed numbers are like in the 90s. So percentile wise, same thing with guys like Quan, right? Like they don't really put pressure on defenses. They make their own luck to a degree. Um, I, I don't think he'll, he'll have a 353 Babbitt, but I think he'll still, it'll be, he'll still be something like a 325. I'm, I'm curious to see where Babbitt's in general shift this year, if at all, because of the the new shift rules. I, I don't know if it'll be a huge change, but like league-wide Babbitt last year was what? Keep on talking while I figure this out. <laughs> Andres Jimenez, very good at baseball, but not maybe as good. Um, it, it also has him... 290, okay. There you go. Walking and striking out the same, basically the same amount, which again, I think is interesting that he doesn't have... His strikeouts dropped so much last year, and that was a big reason. I mean, 5%, he was striking out a quarter of the time previously in a smaller sample, but um, I, I think it's interesting that Zips has him again. Like Stephen Kwan, it just thinks he's going to do the same thing he did last year as far as his plate approach. It's just the BAPIP they dropped. It really was the lowest BABIP in at least 10 years last year. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it was not fun. Even if it doesn't make a huge difference, just the optics of seeing a ball hit into a shift was always like, oh. Well, I that know. Could have been something he hit it hard. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a guy, there's the shortstop halfway in right field. He caught the ball. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I'm having yeah. a good time. Um, so the next one, Miles Straw, who uh, not, not, not good last year, 64 WRC+. Plus. No, uh, Zips has him. Uh, I, we've always said if he can hit, I think 85 WRC plus has been the number we've used in the past. If he can hit that, he'll be good. And that's what Zips has him at. Um, 85 WRC plus 2.3 war, 149 games. Like Zips, he's in playing consistent playing time. Yeah. Um, and, and even worse on defense, which I can understand because he was so good. I think he'll be that good on defense again. I just don't know if he's going to hit even as well as Zips has him at like two home runs, 251 average, 313 slugging sounds about right for Miles Strong. <laughs> but I mean, he's just got to hit enough to stick around the center field, and I think he would stick there. Uh, but I just don't – I don't know if it do that. That's why I had under, I think. You're hitting Chris the under on it. that one? Yeah, I think Chris wrote it. He had the same thing he also had under, did he? You and Chris are both stupid. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I just <laughs> – I think he was so unlucky last year. I think he'll hit the over. I think he's going to have a pretty good year. What, what pretty good means in, in the context of one miles straw – is a conversation to be had. Obviously, he was what two win player last year with the sixty four WRC plus. Yeah, what's that? I think composure is wild. <laughs> it, truly crazy. Like he was, he was one of the worst offensive players in all of baseball. I think he had a stretch there where he had like the worst month in the history of offense. Yeah, it's pretty or bad. something like that. I, I think that he will be more like a three win player. I think he'll be closer to his twenty twenty one than he was in twenty twenty two. I think the biggest thing is he won't reach the the playing time. I, I think he'll hit too bad. I think that that may be it. Yeah. I think like Will Brennan is going to push the envelope a little bit. I think if they they just shift Stephen Kwan over or whatever. I think there's going to be enough players like they want to get Freeman and Arias in the outfield a little bit. I don't know if they want to. It's just that 
that hasn't been the way Cleveland has operated as a team for at least the last, honestly, probably since John Hart, right? Like they always like to have that, that one like sterling glove and center that really helps the rest of the defense come together, whether it's you go from Lofton to Franklin Gutierrez, uh, death to flying Gutierrez, obviously, uh, Sizemore, uh, Coco Crisp, uh, you know, more recently, other players like that. Um, Jason great Kipnis in Mike- center field in the World Series. Oh, God. Uh, Michael Bourne uh, as an actual choice of a person. Like, <laughs> it was very much signed not for the fact that he sold, what, 57 bases one year, but because of his glove. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not his fault. His hamstring turned into nothingness. So I just, I feel like they care for the same reason that I, that they, you know, they hold on to, you know, they, they, they want to make sure that their middle infielders are good defensively. They know where the bread is buttered. It's pitching. They need to be, be able to have guys who can go get it. That's the only reason why I think he might he might still hit the 150-ish games played here. Like, God, that's so many to watch him play offense. Listen, I, mean, I, I know, I love dude. everything about Miles Straw, but watching him at the plate is not fun. It's weird, awful. Like, even last year, he, he walked 9.1% of the time and struck out 14.6. Like, you see that. And, and I can see your point that maybe he's just unlucky. It's also that he hits the ball extremely light, but he doesn't have a terrible approach or anything. He's just, there is no good contact there. I mean, his Babbitt was 40 points lower than his career average <laughs> yeah. last year. 40. Like, that alone, I just, I, I, I don't know if he'll be at a 97 WRC. But like, if he could be, again, league average like that and hit the way he did in 2021 when we all, when we got our, we all going, oh, what's going on over here? Yeah, like, and they extended him and that was looking good. I don't miss like Phil Mayton. And now I miss He Phil may Mayton. well be a, a big beneficiary of just the, the, the new shift rules. I don't know, but. I think he'll be okay. I, th- I think he'll be more like a two and a half or three win guy, just because I, th- I I think that if it starts off poor, that'd be one thing. But his 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 season, I think more than anyone else on the team, is really going to rely on a good good April. Because if he starts getting to a funk again, then then it's too funky. So, <laughs> that's yeah. that's, where, that's basically where I think he'll be like me and me and Chris know what's going on with this mayor guy. Boo! <laughs> I hate those guys. Uh, next one, Anil De Los Santos, just kind of the lightning in a bottle out of nowhere reliever last year. Yeah. You had asked around before you were writing. Like, Actually, I, I, I asked get these that after I finished writing it. <laughs> you what? I, had, I technically had asked that after I finished writing okay, it. But, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Zips has him for 62.3 innings, which, I mean, last year 53.1. But it's just hard to – I mean, Zips obviously has him pitching way worse, 4.33 ERA. Yeah. Like, you never expect that guy to come out of nowhere like that and pitch that well. So I get projections doubting him a little bit. But that's a lot of innings. Especially if he pitches like that. Like, I, that's kind of the weird thing. Like, if he is that bad – for yes, over, it's, it's very it's confusing projection. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, what I doesn't think he's Brian Shaw. <laughs> That's basically a Brian Shaw line is 62 oh, innings mid fours ERA. But I, I don't think those two things together are definitely not going to happen. I don't know. Man, I don't. There's just so many guys that have come through, been great for a year. We never see him again. I know. Jeff Manships, if you will. I mean, the thing is, so he threw 53 innings last year, right? And I mentioned this in the post, but there's 50. Eight-ish innings lying around that are not picked up right now because Shaw is gone. Now, removing for a second anyone who like is a starter, right? Like, obviously, Savali's going to throw more than ninety-seven innings. Um, Quantrill will probably throw a little, little more, but like these are all places where we had fill-in starters, right? When we start talking about you know like guys like I'm just trying to think of some names here, someone like Pilkington, right? He threw fifty-eight innings last year, at eleven starts. Cody Morris, five starts, right? But I, I don't think it would be a stretch to say De Los Santos can get up to 60 innings pitched. 
I mean, that's two less than Sam Hentges did last year, right? It's three less than Trevor Steffen did. It's 12 less than Class A. It's, I mean, how many did God, Eli Morgan? 66. So, I, Eli Morgan pitched 63? Yeah, 66. Nick Sandlin threw 44. So, like, there's innings out there, right? Like, Logan Allen threw six. Uh, I don't know. Um, Alex Kirk Young McCarty. threw a third of an inning. Sandy Leone threw two innings. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> there are, there's some innings laying around. We're going to go to yeah. some, some so, random people. It always happens. I, I will say, I know I mentioned this in the post, too. Like, he's very much... This is something I, I, I mentioned a couple times last year, but I remember I was listening to the, uh, the Defector podcast, Ray Ratto mentioning how you can tell when a team's going to be really good if they have those four killers in the bullpen, basically. And I think that Cleveland has certainly three. <laughs> That's class A, Stefan and Karen Jack. Oh, four. Actually, okay. Sorry, I was going to say Hanches um, as well. Um, yeah, I forgot about Karen Jack for some reason. Um, but yeah, Karen Jack is going to throw more. He only threw 39 last year. But. De Los Santos is very much the, that kind of dividing line between one of the other guys and one of the guys, right? And he was very good last year. He's very, you know, he, he doesn't have a great slider, but it really pairs well with his fastball. And, like, you're not asking him to do a lot. Like, to be your sixth and seventh inning guy, he throws the ball hard. I think he has the, the second or third hardest uh, fastball on, on the team. Even more than James Karinchek? Yeah, just by a hair. He throws the ball harder than James Karinchek, so whatever. <laughs> just throw him out there. He'll get there. So I don't know. I I, I think he'll hit the because his what was his projection point eight or something like that. Yeah, which again, yeah, it's a I, weird I think, one just because of how. Oh, it incredibly out. weird one. But like, get the thing is, and I mentioned this in the post too. Like, getting more than a win and a half out of a relief pitcher insane, or two wins, I guess, out of a relief pitcher is crazy, right? Like, Class A was the second best closer in baseball. I think it was probably relief pitcher in baseball. He was two point four. Uh, Stefan was one point seven. Like, you know, uh, Sanchez was one point one. Sanchez was worth a win. Uh, Sandler Karinchak. So I, I think he'll pass it just because I, I don't think that we're like, he's going to be much of a one hit wonder. He's not old. He's what, 27. So we should be getting the best of him now. But And I think he's injured right now, isn't he? Or for some reason he's not pitching. I don't know if they said officially that he's injured, but he's like not pitching for some reason. We just checked the Roto-Wire news. De La Santos struck out two in a perfect inning to earn the win Thursday over the Rays, 9-30-2022. Okay, this is useless information. <laughs> Thank you, Roto-Wire. <laughs> Thank you, Roto-Wire. Uh, yeah, I won't throw that out there because I don't know if he is, but I, I think he's injured or something. But, but yeah, I, I think the over on this one, maybe not as good an ERA, or a better ERA, but less innings, I think. I think he pitches better than that, but he gets doesn't hit the 50 mark I, I just think somebody else is going to like i mean then they got gaddis pilkington curry they got all these guys who are for they're gonna who they can just like same pinches him and put him in there and then tim oh, no, and that's, that, that's, that's very much part of it right is like there's so many just guys they have like where does he fall on that and like i think the thing that benefits him is that is that who is the man who loves his guys the most that's right terry francona and Daniel De Los Santos came and answered the bell so consistently last year that, uh, and was again really good. I mean, I, his, some of his extrapolated numbers are a bit hairier than you'd like, and even a three oh four relief pitcher sucks. <laughs> but like, reliever, right? Yeah. Well, but like you look at his numbers too, like his like a lot, like you can I can pick and choose like you want, but like I think he gave up a run like his second to last game, and like that that lifted his ERA over three for the rest of the year. Like if we were talking about a guy who had a two ninety ERA, but Again, we're talking about a guy who's a 304 ERA with a 262 fielding independent pitching, who throws a 95 mile an hour fastball and a mediocre curve or a slider. Is that what we want out of 
a relief pitcher? No. I'd like him to be a little bit better in every single way, all right? Have a strikeout rate more close to, what was it last year? Like in the 30s, effectively. And he was at 28.4. Um, that's what I, 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 I think that would be the ideal, right? Just have four or five guys who can strike out 30% of the guys they face, if not more, and go from there. So he's not that. So he just kind of has to hope that Francona likes him and he doesn't get hurt, basically. Um, so our last one is uh, the one I just did today was Tyler Freeman. Uh, obviously, he, he he was around more than you probably think last year. He graduated from prospect status, but also didn't play a whole lot. He's in 24 games, uh, mostly just like pinch hitting and playing substitute defense. But Zips has him, uh, 97 WRC+, plus, 1.8 war, getting in 98 games. I took the over on this one. Not not a huge amount, but I don't know. I just believe in Tyler Freeman. I, I like guys who are elite at one thing in the minors. And I think he wasn't extremely elite at contact. Like Gabriel Arias, who's the main one he's competing with for playing time. I, I Not that I, I don't like Arias. I think he can succeed, but he was never great at anything besides defense in the minors. Like, I don't know if he's going to pan out as a hitter. He reminds me a lot of, like, the Greg Allen type hype we had. Um, that he, he was great on defense and just there's some things there about his bat once in a while. But, but Tyler Freeman is legit elite at contact and not striking out in the minors. And even last year when he wasn't great at the plate, we saw that he had a decent contact rate. His his CSW percentage is called strike and, and whiff. So just how many strikes of his own doing he had was was really good too. I just think the first sights we saw of him of not being immediately overwhelmed in the majors was a good sign for a prospect. As long as he can just get the playing time somewhere, whether it's just an injury or they do slip him in the outfield somewhere or Ahmed Rosario gets traded or whatever, but... I think he gets over 98 games somehow. I, I think he pushes the envelope more than Arias does. Even if they start with Arias as the guy ahead of him, I think Freeman can be good enough and just make so much contact that he can just push the issue that he needs to get in there. Um, and then be over one point in where Obviously, I think he would be over the, the WRC Plus projection. I think he can get to like basically a Stephen Kwan that doesn't walk as much, which is... That's a that's a big gap because part a big part yeah, of the that's, uh, that's not good at all. Well, I don't want but... that player at all. That player's not very good. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, like 110. I said one ten, one fifteen to be honest plus. I think it can be that, and that's that's not going to get like MVP votes, but it, it's enough to solidify a position somewhere with also playing really good defense. So uh, I disagree. I do not think he will get one. Well, you're fine. I can meet you now. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I I don't know, man. Four hundred and thirty-seven plate appearances. <laughs> Over. That's Matthew. so many. <laughs> That's like I don't know, dude. Like, so good. Have you seen? Like, I, I just watched on MLB Film Room because you can just queue up videos and just like get right to the hit part. Like, he's so good at covering the plate with his bat and not swinging at garbage. And even like some really good pitches on the outside, he gets to everything. It's just so fun to watch him hit. So I don't know. But. Look, I'm I'm all for obviously rooting for the continued method of like, the way they're developing players. But also, I'm a huge <laughs> hater. No. Uh, like, it, again, the contact thing is great, and I think that there's a chance he could turn into a good player. I don't think it's in 2023. I think that he still weighs three pounds, and he's just a, a wee little I don't, boy. Have you seen pictures from uh, Spring Train? That, that, he's got a Everyone's wonderfully he's shredded, like... Matt. Come on. Like, I mean, he's extra wonderfully shredded. We're not going to start here. We're talking about baseball he players' the best shape and butts. Of his they life. always have good forearms and butts. It's the way baseball is, all right? <laughs> no, it's his neck is... That's a that's a Jim Tony ass <laughs> neck he's got now. That's a powerful neck. That is at least a six home run neck. All he's right, got there. I will I will hold out hard judgment, but I just think that a, what, I think he'd be more closer to like a one and a half wins because that's I don't right. think he's getting. I don't know if he's getting four hundred thirty seven. That's so many plate appearances. It also thinks he's going to get four home runs. Where? How? What? <laughs> this is insane. Power. 
He's going he's gonna, he's gonna to make so much contact, a couple will fly out. That's not how any of that works. <laughs> That's how it works. You hit the ball a bunch. Just bunt a bunch of times. You can't take my quad says eventually and, some and will fold fly it out. over into a man who's not like him at all. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it all works. We can also do it's Josh like that. Bell, since it, is it, by the way, since it'll be up by the time this posts. So if you want to, I don't know. Yeah, there you go. But we can circle yeah, back to, to Freeman. I don't think we're going to do one at one point. I don't think he'll get 1.8 with the other place. I'm sorry. <laughs> Some of these other numbers, I, I okay, I, I agree with you. I think he'll hit better than 263, 328, 349. Yeah, that's a, that's a given. I think he'll have a WRC plus over 100. How far over? Yeah, who cares? Roughly 10 or 15 over. Yeah. Like, I agree. Yeah, like, Good call. Right. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Just not to play the game. That's fair. But. Yeah, I again with the the Babbitt question mark is, is the real is the real big one like as far as his actual average and everything like that. But his Babbitt is never super high in the minors. I mean, they're all higher in the minors, but his is never like gaudy. I don't think so. Um, I don't think he has elite no. speed either. He's just well, kind of... I take that back. He has a three fifty seven in double A and three fifty in uh, single A and well, yeah, I mean, you know. three seventy two in low A. So I don't know. It's, it's not they're high all high in the minors. They're all up there. Exactly. They're they don't have any defense yeah. there. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, yeah, I think we'll save Josh Bell as a teaser for next week. Ooh, as next week, listen to, what, listen to what us talk about a week old article. Ooh, <laughs> I mean, that's what the, that's what these were. These were that's what all this fine. bullshit is. That's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> it's spring training, Merritt. What do you want from me, Shane Beaver? We can only talk so much these about people. His just two want our mediocre content as I sit in this big comfy chair. All right. <laughs> I wonder if our our, our uh, devoted listeners notice there is no more loud creaking of a chair in the background because uh, you're probably oh yeah the biggest news in uh, the world right now. I got a new chair, everyone. So can you give us a quick walk back time. in your chair right now? Look, I'm moving my chair right now. Oh my I'm moving God. it all around. <laughs> Look at that, everyone. It's silent. Um, yeah, and, and again, for anybody who's listening, you made it all the way to the end here. Um, congratulations, you just won a million dollars. No, um, there's gonna <laughs> gonna be a new podcast in a couple weeks we're going to keep doing this every weekend but for a little while it'll still be undercover in the corner podcast but eventually the name will change you'll just see a new podcast pop up just go ahead and click and listen to it again to let uh, the old feeds know that we're we're still here and you still want the podcast downloaded that would be great for now find us on what covering the corner on twitter on facebook covering the corner.com nailed it um i'm matt rly on twitter Merritt is at merrill lunch like merrill lynch with lunch I might delete my Twitter account. We'll see how it goes. Well, (laughs) we'll see between now and then. (laughs) Talk to you next week, mate. Bye. Support for this podcast and the following message is brought to you by E-Trade from Morgan Stanley. Take control of your financial future with E-Trade. No matter what kind of investor you are, our tools and resources can help you be ready for what's next. Plus, you'll get access to a wide range of support to help you plan for the long term. Learn more at etrade.com slash vox. Investing involves risks. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC member SIPC. Etrade is a business of Morgan Stanley.